Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. Yeah, hey everyone. Um, thanks for, for joining us on a lovely Tuesday afternoon. Another Tuesday tune-in. Um, yeah, if you've joined us, do say hello as always. Um, yeah, do drop a little comment, thumbs up, hello, Big Ten, whatever you want to throw in the comments. Uh, always great to see who's on, uh, some of our regulars. Obviously, Marky V, um, you know, we know this is literally every week now, Mark, um, for the foreseeable, you are in and on. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, Lyndon, Joel, Shona, Tina, Suzette, Heather, Dave, Jim, Sital, Kim, um, yeah, Ramona. Thanks for joining us, Ramona. Um, Simon B, Bernice. Uh, Lawrence, man. Um, Andy, Paul. Yeah, great. Loads of people on here now. <laughs> it took me ages to go through the uh, the comments. But yeah, Dave, um, good to see you. What, what's, what's today about? Yeah, why not? Um, so yeah, Tuesday again. So it comes around pretty fast, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. But um, yeah, no, today. So um, basically, you know, hello, everybody. I'm sure you're all very happy to be seeing long lost family and friends and stuff like that. I think, yeah. um, you know, with some regulations being eased, at least in the UK, makes things a little bit easier for us all. Um, you know, pub visit, why not? Um, but yeah, no, it's been great. And we've been sort of talking about the journey and stuff like that. And believe it or not, every time you walk into the Evertrek uh, offices, there's a big giant neon sign that says it's all about the journey. So we thought, what are we going to do today? So what about, I know, let's do it. It's all about the journey. So that's what we're <laughs> going to talk about today. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, not just, you know, um, you know, we talk a lot about the technical aspects of the trip, which we're going to cover off, you know, acclimatization, yeah. altitude and stuff like that. But it's a little bit about, you know, why go to places, you know, like Everest Base Camp and Kilimanjaro and you know, what makes them special and what makes it worthwhile and what you get out of it. If someone could pick you up in a helicopter and take you straight there and drop you to those places in an hour, you know, it's not the same as having going through the journey itself and experiencing it and stuff like that. Hey, yeah. Laura, how's it going? I miss you very much. And hey, Laura. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about today is just a little bit about why go on these trips, you know, what type of people go on them, what yeah. type of person are you and how to get the most out of it. Um, and what makes them important for us all because obviously you guys turn in every Tuesday to listen to us talk about these trips and clearly there's something special about them and it's not just about <laughs> arriving on the summit right exactly Dave yeah I, I couldn't have put it better myself mate it's it was it's certainly there's a reason why that's there um you know and it's not just a bit of writing on the wall like it has meaning um you know especially to me I mean it's something I've always thought of in my life um you know and like, you know, there are some cliches out there, you know, it's not just it's not just about the destination, you know, it's about the journey. But, um, you know, and I agree, like on all the trips we've gone on, I mean, Dave, we, we shared a lot of experiences together. I know some people on, on the live I've had the, the privilege of, of trekking with, you know, we, we've had a great time. Yeah. And, you know, on, on those trips, it's not just about the highest point or uh, the furthest point you are. It's about all the, all the bits in between. Um, and, you know, sometimes that does get forgotten, I think. Uh, when when people talk about you know I, I summoned to Killy or I went to Everest Base Camp, you know all the bits in between and the people you meet and the landscapes you travel through can yeah. get forgotten. Um, you know we, we we kind of take those for granted a little bit when in essence they're they're ninety five percent of of actually the journey itself. So yeah, we we thought we'd talk about that today and some of those questions that come up around it. Like Dave said, I know we've over the last 
sort of 12 to 18 months to kind of forget how long we've been doing this Tuesday tune in now. Um, but yeah, there's obviously a lot more technical stuff we talk about. And we, and we, we like to have a bit of a balance. Yep. You know, although Dave would love to talk about Mangal Bhutan's every Tuesday tune in, which is great. <laughs> um, and, and do his little little laces, which I love, by the way, Dave. I love that. And Everyone loves the laces. I get a lot of questions about, about do, doing that lace. Um, but I might just film it, like a little five-second video of me Just do a that. demonstration, yeah, yeah, of the different ways to lace yeah, exactly. your, your boots. I'll, I'll be honest, I can't do it now because the, the demonstration boots that I used have been taken out and used. So they're, um, they're gone now. They so had to thanks. be used, mate. They had to be used. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, it's um, yeah. We like to do a little bit of a mix of things. I mean, yeah. um, but rest assured, everyone, there is a kit, uh, a Tuesday tune-in kit episode coming yeah. along soon, where we're going to talk about all the equipment and everything you need. But that's uh, that's further away. We got to get there yet. And, uh, <laughs> bingo. We, yeah. People playing bingo again. I know we need to send off these bingo cards so everyone can play. Uh, I think that'll be hilarious. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, so that's when we, 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 you know, bringing it back to, to what today's about and, you know, why we trek and all that. It's uh, it's certainly an interesting conversation. Um, I mean, Dave, I, I remember the, you know, I'm going to go back to the up to the beginning a little bit now of our journey mm. um, and talk about uh, maybe your first trek, actually, because I remember when, I remember you sent me a little video. Um, I think you had some whiskey at base camp and obviously it was quite a, yep. quite an emotional moment. You know, you obviously you you, you trekked in uh, when was it October 2016? I think it was. That was it. First trip to uh, UBC. And I remember getting that video, and uh, obviously you you know I, I could sense there was a lot of emotion in the video, which was obviously making me emotional because it doesn't take much for me to get really emotional. So, yeah, well, you <laughs> grew up with seven sisters, and didn't you? So you've got <laughs> well, seven sisters, so it doesn't take much. But um, it doesn't take much. It, it takes a lot to crack this old uh, walnut mind, and um, I know. Yeah, it was funny, like because. Like like everybody, I used um, I used to have like a dream of going to like, to go into places like this and yeah. a dream to summit Everest and visit Nepal and do all of these things. But it was one of those things that lived in the back of my mind but never really happened because I never really made it happen. Because to be honest, it's strange, isn't it? It's like you know, I knew about Bitcoin, you know, ten years ago, but did I buy one? No. <laughs> Should I have? Yes. And I knew about Basecamp and Everest and all of this stuff, but did I do it? No. And then one day, um, should explain, me and Andy used to work together in a bank. Um, long and a long time ago. That's how we met. Um, and then, you know, as happens, I left and then Andy left. And then I didn't really see or speak to him for about two years. And then one day I just saw that this guy I used to work with was at Everest Base Camp. And I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> I really wanted to go. And I was so amazed. And um, yeah. I've ac we've actually got the message saved where I sent him a message on Facebook, just commented on a post or mess and just yeah. saying, um, Oh hey mate, can you let me know when you're uh, when you're back? I want to talk to you about this, and and that was the beginning of my journey. Um, but when I reached base camp, I realised that actually it was so much more. Like I was so focused on I want to get to base camp, I want to get yeah. to base camp, get into base camp was all it was. And weirdly, it was it sort of hit me all in one sort of thing when I got to base camp. I realised. And that's when I did the video for Andy that actually it's not just about getting to base camp. Base camp is a convenient X on a map that gave me an excuse to trek for 11 days with some of the best people in the world through, you know, one of the best countries in the world. And um, yeah. And ever, ever since then, it's been one of those sort of things where I've been like, when everyone says, what if I slow the group down? Don't worry. It'll make the trip better. The longer you spend walking through that environment, the better you'll be. You know, and yeah. you know, all of the, and, and and that has so much of an impact on everybody's trip. 
Exactly. I'm sorry, Dave. I, I've been sidetracked a little bit. I'm just getting uh, just reading through the comments from Ramona. Um, I, I suppose we'll, well, we'll definitely have to talk about it now. But yeah, she wants to get married uh, with Gaz on the way to EBC in October 2022. I thought, that, I thought that was a secret. I was sworn uh, to secret. Well, it's not now. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, look, firstly, Ramona, congratulations, mate. Um, you know, awesome that you and Gaz get married. Um, and yeah, obviously, we'd love to. We've uh, over the last few years, you've actually done a, a couple of weddings. Um, we had one, a couple from Northern Ireland, actually. We uh, facilitated and organised the wedding um, at Everest um, uh, or Everest Base Camp. Uh, and on the way, uh, you know, doing the ceremonies and stuff, that uh, Ramona will will have a catch up. And um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get that uh, sorted for you. I know, you know, obviously privileged to uh, to be able to do that for, for you guys. We've we've been lucky. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, was it, Dave, you joked before about that we should uh, start a dating app. Was it ever Tinder or something like that? Yeah, something along those lines, yeah. Um, but um, Because of all the people that get together on our trips. <laughs> it's quite yeah. it's quite interesting. I'm pretty sure there's been an engagement on one of our trips. I think they met on a training weekend. They met on a training weekend. They've been on yeah. the trip and think got engaged. And now I think Amy they want to... Is that that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um... Yeah, crazy. I mean, I, I, I like, like I said, that's what the that's what it's about. You know, that's part of the journey as well is meeting people. And who knows, you might yeah. meet your future wife, you might meet a friend or something like that. I've got friends who I met on that first trip in Nepal who I still keep in touch with to this day. One yeah. of them, that one of them, which is which is another story, has been on hell of a journey. Um, but yeah, if you ever meet me in private, ask me about that one, <laughs> and I'll talk to you. Is, about that, is it. that Chile? That's the that's the Chilean guy. Yeah, okay. awesome guy. Yeah, yeah. Me, really nice guy. But he went on a bit of a bit of a, a, bit of a crazy track. adventure. Yeah. So yeah, if you ever if you ever meet me on a training weekend, ask me about my friend Felipe, and I'll tell you all about him. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, split. Oh my god, there's some great names coming up here. But uh, honestly, Ramona, great, and uh, you know, look nice to see some some wonderful wonderful. Uh, comments coming through um take the knee uh, we shouldn't mention knees today because dave can't mention knee, can we uh yeah no yeah so uh, i mean yes yeah, as, uh, as long as no one's waiting for me to get down on bended knee uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that, that that's what happened but um but yeah no really? obviously paul, paul dewhurst how's the knee uh how's it going paul yeah i trek with paul, hey, paul and his uh his wife we did um the training weekend together man we've like I, I never would have dreamt that he'd still be waiting to go to EBC thanks to COVID. But um, no, the, knee's, know, right? the knee's doing all right. Um, physio tomorrow, first one, um, which is part of my what they call prehab, you know, to get the knee as working as well as possible before the operation on the 15th of June. So on the 15th of June, I'll be having the operation and then hopefully then I'll be on the mend. Just Go reading ahead. some questions. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was reading. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sorry, I had stalled there. No, no, I was reading John's question. John Adams, who's uh, jumped in. Um, I was just reading his his question. I'll um, I'll come back to it in a minute, John. Yeah, um, yeah. Our, our Lauren is is on the on the comments. So, yeah, we'll we'll go through the questions. But Dave, um, we we talked about. Okay, we'll go back to the journey for a minute. Um, and also as well, the, obviously the journey is different for everyone. But we talked about kind of what type what what type of trekker are you, right? Um, yeah. in terms of how your journey can be should we go a bit more into that i know we've we've talked about maybe someone you can get you know maybe, we call them mavericks but someone that's likes to speed you know a speed demon maybe we'll call them yeah a um, person that likes to go off into the distance and um our altitude that, that can be an issue uh as you know if you've been on any of these lives before um you know uh, speed is yeah you need to slow down at, at altitude um, but Dave, what was it you said before about um, obviously the, the, the Mavericks, the speed demons, and, and, and what can hold them back? 
Yeah, exactly. Well, I've been on trips before where you've had people who are, um, you know, super competitive, super fit and yeah. treat EBC or Killy or something like that as, as a challenge. And it is a challenge, but it depends. You know, there's more than one type of challenge and they treat it as a physical challenge, you know, yeah. like testing their body to the maximum and seeing if they can get there, which is all well and good. And, you know, I'm not against challenges like that whatsoever, yeah. but I don't really feel that it's the, it's the essence of what we do. Um, because if you want to do that, there's an Everest marathon, you know, there's a marathon in Tanzania. There's lots of stuff that you can do like that, but I do think that you miss out on a lot of the other aspects of what you get from a trip. So by, you know, treating every hill, like I want to get from A to B as fast as possible. I want to get up the hill as fast as possible. You kind of forget to like stop, turn around and look where you've come from. And some of the best views on any trip that we go on is when you turn around and face away from the hill and look back over sort of where you've come from. So one mm. of the great ones is, you know, when you're going up through Tengboche Hill, yeah, you have a tendency just to have your face to the ground because it's very steep and you want to get up to Tengboche. But actually, there's loads of points on that trip where if you turn around and look out through the trees, you can see some amazing sights. The 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 Dudkose River going down, the Hillary Bridge, you can look back to where Namshi is. Um, it's amazing. And it's moments like that that I remember, you know, uh, like getting to the top of the hill first is fleeting, but the experience on the way up will last forever. So make that bit last for as long as possible. And it's the people you meet on the way, isn't it? Because I, yeah, I remember that. You know, th those moments happen all the time. I mean, I, I think um, an email I sent a couple of weeks ago about the gentleman who I, who I was, who was on the mountain um, in his shorts, and there was me. Uh, you know, all my winter gear on. You know, it'd be like an epic day, and this guy's just, hey, you know, running around, and he was clearly on a different journey to, to me. Um, but you know, it was actually quite nice to see that and have that perspective and go, okay, this is cool. Uh, you know, you meet all loads of different types of people and uh, different yeah. people almost uh, perceive different challenges in different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think certainly for that guy, maybe a lesson for him as well. I mean, you know, you, everyone's obviously going on their own journey, but I think maybe that guy didn't see some of the things that I had seen that day because I've been taking my time. Yeah, exactly. And I know on a, on a base camp trip or, you know, if you're on Machu Picchu and you've got all the historic stuff that you want to actually take your time and drink it in and go and see these things, you know, there's no point rushing around that, you know, go, go and enjoy yourself and, and learn a bit about the environment you're in because it kind of magnifies the enjoyment of it, I think. Yeah. Um, when you're in a place. And, you know, it, it'd be, I think it'd be a travesty, you know, if you're rushing through these places and you don't get to stop and chat and meet and have a coffee or whatever you want to do. And yeah. It's the same when you go, like, like you mentioned Tengboche there. And I love going to the monastery and just experiencing the energy there, you know, not, not, not to get too woo woo now, but just go in there and it does, it, it does change. It's quite relaxing. Yeah. You know, going and listening to the monks and their their chanting and uh, obviously living their lives. And, it, it, you know, it's almost a privilege to be there. And, you know, but if you'd legged it past because you've got a target to get to, you're not going to see that. You're not going to experience exactly. that. But also, is Tengboche, you know, would it be as magnificent if it wasn't so hard to get to? You know, yeah. it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like part of getting there, part of any experience, I think, is the pain and the suffering. And I think, you know, like, yeah. if you even simple it down to people have been running marathons for a long time. Right. Yeah. But if you could just wake up in the morning, put your boots on and run a marathon. Sure. That's an achievement. But if you start as a couch potato and you run one K three K five K 10 K and you're out there for a year 
training and sweating and working through pain and injuries and all sorts of stuff. And then you cross that finish line. Those are the ones that burst into tears. Yeah. You know, those are the ones <laughs> yeah, that yeah, sort of, yeah. you know, have, have a complete sort of emotional, you know, tidal wave of yeah. emotions coming out of them when they, and, and it's because of the journey they've gone through to get there. So that's what I try and tell people when ever they come up and they're worried that they'll slow the group down yeah. or they're worried that they're not fit enough or stuff like that. Or, or even some people who I've spoken to who did the trip and maybe turned back from Lobouche, my father being one of them. Yeah. You know, and I always try and remind them that, you know, okay, sure, maybe disappointing that you didn't get to Everest Base Camp, at least on your first attempt. But honestly, it did, did, is that the trip a write off? No, not at all. Yeah. You've trekked for all that time through the Himalayas. You've seen Everest. The best view of Everest is not from Base Camp. You can't see it. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's that, from that's, several that's days prior. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, you've, you've, you've done these amazing things. You've achieved these amazing things. And that's what's great about these types of trips and why adventure travel is better than a holiday because yeah. you can go on a holiday experience everything and it can still be rubbish you know but even just by yeah. arriving on an adventure travel trip you've already achieved so much and even if you went home right away you're going to feel like punch in the air yeah, um, i love that dave i love that you're so right on you yeah you can i mean you know you know we're all adults we get to choose our own holidays or you know, wherever we go um but you're right yeah like you know it's a good point in terms of certain places you go that's so it's not just about the the kind of the, the, again the destination, but everything yeah. that happens in between. It doesn't matter then what happens, is it? Because you 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 have such an awesome time anyway, exactly. hanging out with the people you're there. That that's that's how what makes it special. Exactly. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're talking from from us here now. We love getting like we love getting to Everest Space Camp. We love getting to Summit Achille. You know, that it's an amazing achievement. You feel amazing when you get to these places. Um, you know, and we're not setting you up to fail here. We're just, you know, it's always good to talk about these things, I think, um, just so you're aware of it. And, and, and you know, we don't want to feel like we're, we're teaching anyone to suck eggs here. You're all probably thinking a similar thing. Um, but I know that we've certainly been with some people who, who, might, who haven't done that. And they realize then, and, and it's not until they get back home and they sit down and they take their shoes off and they're like, Phew. and they have a think about it. And they're like, wow, that was, that was, that was awesome. I really yeah. miss that place now. Get me back on another trip, you know, when you see that. And it's like, um, okay, yeah, come again. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's a really special um, special sort of thing when you're away and on the journey. And, like, we can't wait to to start these journeys again. And, you know, we're going to try and um, obviously navigate um, the, the challenges that come our way over the next few months. Yeah. We're certainly, um, uh, I mean, sort of going off topic now and, and going, bringing it back to kind of trip stuff um certainly trying to do some trips more close to home if you like um you know as much as we can because obviously we're limited at the moment in terms of where we're allowed to go uh, obviously training weekends we can't wait uh, in the summer they're going ahead we've yep. also got um i know dave uh, you had a chat with steve up in north wales last week had some really good news from there and we can't yeah. wait to release that that trip yeah exactly so it's a little um little north wales sort of um you know sort of four day trekking trip up there so you, the guy that steve he's an amazing mountaineer yeah. um we did all of our training with him you know crampons ice axe winter training skills navigation stuff like that he really does live and breathe this stuff and um he's organizing a trip for us um up in snowdonia where you're going to arrive it's going to be four days with the group um and yeah we so we've got a date for that it's going to be up and bookable very very soon and that's a great little trip because we realize yeah. that 
COVID is one of those, you know, it, it you know, it's it's tough and it doesn't yeah. stay down and it pops up when you least expect it and changes things. And so, you know, we totally appreciate that people, they still want to get out to the mountains. And we will, like we always say, we want to plan for when we can. And at the moment we can. So we're making a plan, Stan. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, John has just said as well, Tang Boche is his favorite coffee shop in the world. True, mine too. It is good. Um, yeah, that, I remember that, John. Great coffee. Great coffee, wasn't it? I, I, I love that journey. It's um, funny, isn't it? We we go all the way to the Himalaya and you want to rough it and you want to be like Edmund Hillary. But <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest, I do love a latte and some carrot cake. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Sean has asked actually about Scotland. Yeah, we, we've got some, um, because we're trying to do the uh, a trip up in Scotland as well, aren't we, um, Dave? I know we've looked at, yeah, we're trying to we're trying to work out the itinerary, Shona, because we have yeah. the winter skills, but now that's not possible. We're trying to make it um, sort of a little bit different. We've, we've been speaking to, to Steve about it. Yeah, we'll definitely let you know once once that's live as well. Um, obviously, you know we we don't want to kind of dilute what we are and you know we are what we do is high altitude trekking. But you know, well, whilst we can, you know, we can't go to places like. Um, Island Peak for Mick. Mick, soldier again. Island Peak in um, Everest Base Camp, Killy at the moment, Annapurna Circuit, um, which yeah doesn't get the press it deserves. Hundred percent, Mark. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, that's that's what that's a good reason sometimes though because a lot quieter, mate. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, whilst we can't go all the way over there, we can we can try and have some fun <clears throat> and enjoy some trekking and enjoy the journeys together and get to know everyone. It'd be lovely to meet some of you um, on our training weekends and some of these trips as well. Uh, the benefit being that, <clears throat> excuse me, if they are local, we might be able to pop in and see you guys, which would be great. Obviously, the training weekends, but some of the other uh, weekends as well and, and trips will be able to, to come on, um, which will be fantastic. But <clears throat> sorry, Dave. Um, right. Should we get stuck into questions? I know we've had a few before and yeah, a few that come in, Dave. So um, Rob Smith has emailed him. We'll start with the emails yeah. um, with the recent Welsh government advice regarding international travel and their request yeah. not to go. Um, how likely is it that EBC treks will be taking place in 2021? So the Welsh government, so although, yes, they have come out and said when international travel is possible, specifically they're even they're referring right there to the green list countries. So the ones yeah. we are allowed to travel to, and they've put in almost a polite request to every uh, everyone in Wales to not take up the opportunity and go travelling. That's one of those things that I think everyone needs to make their own personal judgment on. Yeah. Um, and I believe he's made that for what, you know, seems like legitimate reasons but not a political conversation um with regard to the ebc trips that's a different kettle of fish so uh nepal is currently on the red list of countries so it's not possible anyway um right now today whether or not they go ahead in the autumn so september october november early december in full transparency is probably 50 50 at this stage it all depends how nepal responds to what's happening in india and now obviously what happens in india will always affect nepal um and it's how nepal handles that situation um how the vaccine rollout continues and stuff like that so there's so many different factors again we're back in that hole we don't have a crystal ball it's relatively uncertain one thing i can say is that we'll find out hopefully before anyone um, we have a, such a good team over there that are being well yeah. looked after and well taken care of. 
much to, of that is to do with you guys buying those jackets and the jackets for guides. Because of that, people are able to stay in their homes in Kathmandu because their rent is paid. They're able to go to their villages because they've been able to get all the food and supplies they need. Um, so our team are there and ready and waiting. We just need the uh, the restrictions you know, with regards to red and amber lists to come down. And we need Nepal to be involved in that. So it's uncertain, but we will let you know as soon as we know. Yeah. Nice, Dave. Yeah, so it is a challenge, guys. And yeah, and I know, Rob, you obviously talked about the, the, the Welsh government. Um, and I know that obviously in Wales, Scotland, uh, England, Northern Ireland, um, obviously other countries as well, you know, can have different rules. And, you know, we're always um you know refer back to those and fco guidance um, from the uk government um you know essentially but yeah so as dave said you know we're, we we want to get back on these trips as soon as everyone else it's typical that um like nearly all the places that we're running trips at the moment um outside the uk are, are on the red list which yeah. you know, isn't isn't great but you know as soon as they um you know they, they go down they, they go because unfortunately if you've if the government are advising against um you know anything but essential travel then you know we can't run those trips um you know because it isn't essential although we'd love to and it's essential for all of us i know inside then we've still got to do the right thing you know um yeah. you know you've only got to look at the everest summit season and you know I mean, there's a lot of opinions going around and you know i'm so glad that we weren't at base camp um in the last month or so with what's been going on in nepal um you know and i know there's a lot of companies that have been slated a little bit for actually running everest expeditions and then others who have made the right decision not to do it um, for safety reasons and other reasons. And, um, you know, we, we always, we're happy to share our opinion. I mean, we're, we're kind of glad and we're not there. We almost think that, yeah, they should have prioritized other things rather than that, but you know, different story, um, you know, but we'll, we'll all, we always like to make sure we're doing the right thing when it comes to these trips. And, and that's the way yeah. we will come from. That's the angle we'll come from. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, Obviously, guys, you know we want to get running these trips as soon as, as soon as anyone else, um, you know. But it's been, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time, isn't it? It feels weird for us because, you know, all this happened in March last year, um, and now we're almost, you know, mid May, twenty twenty one, you know, and it's like, wow, it's mad. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is, right? Who'd have guessed it? You know, I've yeah. seen enough. I've seen enough zombie movies to know how these pandemics usually uh, unfold. And yeah, I was still optimistic. But you know, I think that, like you said, we're comfortable with our decision. You know, that yeah. not going ahead with the season was the right thing to do. I wouldn't want any ever trekkers <laughs> to be out there right now. Um, you know, experiencing that and being being over there for something that can be postponed and done safely at another time. Um, there's no great. I mean, there is a great urgency, and there isn't. You know. We all want to go hiking and trekking and travel in these places, but not to the detriment of your safety, their safety, and contributing to all of that. So, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. But we're happy yeah. with our decision. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we always have to value, you know, those adventure travel, and there's an element of danger in all adventure travel, and you can't get around that. And that's why, that's why it's great. Yeah. Um, you know, we we have to temper that with um, with the regulations and things that are in. And obviously, we're restricted in terms of where we can run trips. Um, but yeah, obviously, if it's uh, you know, if, if people are advising against unnecessary travel, then we can't run those trips. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I can see some comments on the back of, of, of our comments. And yeah, it's certainly like um, uh, Jerome. Yeah, obviously, uh, October um, is the target, and you know, it's certainly um, you know, like like 
Dave said the autumn is 50 50 at the moment just for full transparency um you know it's not something that'll change uh, you know although our rules in the uk might change of a drop of a hat um you know it's it's the it's nepal itself and yeah. you know we know it doesn't just take a week to go away it does take longer than that and i don't want to fill everyone with negativity here like let's, let's let's all keep positive about it but you know i think you've just got to accept um and anyone that's got a trip in the autumn right now accept that it could be impacted um and you know if you want to reschedule don't forget guys you can do that for free with us um and look at trips if you want to bump into next year or wait and see. I know a lot of people are choosing to wait and see, uh, which is fine. And we're cool with that. Wait and see. And, and if there's any changes, then great. We can go ahead and we'll run the trips, guys. But uh, we always want to let you know how we feel. Um, you know, and that is that, yeah, it's it, it's it's very challenging to say yes, 100% go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, so I hope that helps a little bit. I know, I, guys, I know like I, I'm someone that likes it down the middle. And if you tell me, OK, yes or no. But unfortunately, we can't do that at the moment. Yeah. Um, we hope that, yeah, uh, our, our transparency is coming through in the right way. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, any any extra questions, guys? Obviously, just drop us a message and we can chat to it privately. Awesome. Uh, Joel has said, yeah. big, big welcome to Rosie. We haven't mentioned Rosie yet. So yeah, the Everdrake <laughs> team has yeah the Everdrake team has grown again. So yeah, Rosie has now joined us. Um, Yeti Happis Happis yes. Happis. Um, I, I, I should be able to at least pronounce the, the Welsh words correctly. Call but, yourself um, Welsh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, those that called the email would have seen that as well. So thank you, Joel. Um, but a random one, Andy, do you see any wild animals up near base camp? Do many dogs make it up there with their gu uh, with the guides who I guess regularly do the trip? Yeah, I mean, other than other than the odd yeti or two, you, you, you do see yeah. some wild animals. Um, yeah, you do get some dogs. And some of the dogs, actually, because uh, you've lost them, they're all wild, essentially is that they'll 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 follow you up from like two or three days and some of them some of them stick with you and, and then they become part of your group which is quite cool um you know some of the the local families do keep um, dogs that kind of um, you know come and do say hello um you can see other animals like there are snow leopards in the himalayas like i've not seen any in a, you know you can trek there every year for 20 years and not see them yeah. but they are there um and they're probably watching you but you don't know but obviously they're they're, they're quite far off because they don't like um, they don't like people yeah um you've also got uh, the musk deer um so you see some some deer and they got like these these little fangs if you like it's quite unusual looking so you might spot them clambering up some rocks um other than that it's pretty safe you know it's uh yes it's just uh yeah, just black one. widows funnel webs black widows black mammas <laughs> you know that sort of thing uh i've seen a spider up there one time tiny really? one yeah i saw a little grain squirrel on my way to base camp in the rocks um and and eagles don't forget the eagles yeah you might get some mm. eagles oh the eagles yeah amazing aren't they i remember we were up um i think it's nangatang peak near um near dingboche uh, and it's basically part of your acclimatization hike so if you go into so island peak um or uh, the everest in uh, the everest base camp or the kumbu valley you'll be yeah. you go to dingboche uh, whether you go up to to shukung and island peak or whether you go up to after that you go up to lobuche and everest base camp um, you'll see this place and because of the vantage point climbing up to um nangatang peak or the plateau even just the plateau which is only about three four hundred meters above dingboche the eagles there are amazing um especially yeah. you've got amada blam on your left you've got cholatse mountain on your right and you've got the kumbu valley that goes up and you've got the, the valley which you've just walked up it's amazing vantage point yeah 
Awesome. Uh, Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Not quite Hotel California, um, Jerome, but yeah, it's quite nice there, mate. Yeah. Um, Dingboche is fantastic. One of my favorite places, actually, Dingboche. And they've got, um, uh, what's, what's the, there's the bakery there that's fantastic. I know John said about Tengboche being his favorite coffee shop. I actually like the one in um, uh, Dingboche. It's quite nice. Yeah. The, the all German bakeries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The German bakery, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, moving on, Mark yes. Ross and Margie V has said, why does the Annapurna circuit not get the press it deserves? Um, oh, to be honest, because it doesn't have Everest. So it doesn't yeah. have the, the you may, like never underestimate the draw of the biggest mountain on earth. You know, that's, um, it's massive. I mean, the draw and the mountain. Um, but yeah, so like that, that, that's exactly why. All the other regions in Nepal don't tend to get the spotlight as much. However, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Because when you do want to, you know, perhaps go a little bit off the beaten path and, and explore an area a little quieter. I mean, Annapurna still is quite busy. Um, it's by no means dead, but it's, it's, it doesn't draw as many people as EBC. So it does, you know, it kind of works for you as well. Um, but yeah, that's exactly why. It's just because it doesn't have, I mean, Annapurna is the most deadly mountain, Annapurna 1, in terms of the amount of people that reach the summit versus how many people um, die trying. So it's not, they call K2 the killer mountain, but it's actually Annapurna 1 that, that causes the yeah. most trouble. Um, the avalanches, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. avalanches and stuff like that. So um, yeah, pretty dangerous. But, you know, having said that, it's a very beautiful area. It's very stunning and almost a good thing that, um, <laughs> just Mark, if you said nothing beats Yak Donald's in Lukla. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that. I that yeah. Mate, after, after, you know, almost two weeks in the mountains, those Yak Donald's burgers are lovely. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, uh, yeah, obviously, if you know, if you're into that thing, um, but yeah, you're right about Annapurna. I, th I think it, it, it just certainly adds to it because it's not as popular. Yeah, but certainly, like I've read articles, you know, like Everest versus Annapurna Base Camp. You know, which one? Um, uh, you know, or even uh, going like, like the three peaks, three passes route we we do in the Everest region versus the Annapurna circuit. You know, they've both similar challenges, um, but they're. Um, I'd say different, very similar, but as Dave said there, it's really because it's got Everest in it, uh, in the Everest region, it's more popular. Yeah. People love it, don't they? We, we go back to what we're talking at the be, at the beginning there. Because of that big X, that big X on the, on the map there, that's why people go there. Whereas if you really wanted to just go for the journey, then Annapurna region is is beautiful. Yeah. Um, very different. Like some people explain, say it because the, the Everest region, the Kumbu Valley is quite wide, so it's quite like, like this. It makes like a big bowl. So you can see as you're going up, whereas Annapurna is quite steep, why they get so many um, avalanches. Um, so you're, you're looking up at the mountains all the time. They look like these big behemoths just, you know, towering above you. Um, that That's kind of the main visual difference with, with Annapurna um, compared to uh, compared to Everest region. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, good question, Mark. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I know, I know you've been to uh, Everest region already in Annapurna. So, yeah, it'd be good to hear your thoughts after that, mate. Yeah, awesome. Um, I could see Diane's a little bit concerned about sort of, you know, uh, nasty animals, poisonous things on the um, yeah. on the Kilimanjaro trek. To be honest, I saw monkeys in the trees. I saw some birds, some ravens, and that was it. Didn't see anything else. Uh, mosquitoes, actually. So your biggest worry, like th those types of concerns, you know, tiny stuff. Like, oh, I saw an ant. Yeah, that's a valid point. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, malaria is your biggest worry. So take anti-malarials. The, the mosquitoes are really the only danger that you're going to be facing. Yeah. Um, I suppose if you got out the car on a safari, you 
potentially come into some trouble. But yeah, yeah on the on the actual trek itself, generally the high altitude regions of the world, they don't really have a lot of animals and stuff. It's just not much food up there. And it's just harder to live up there than it is lower down. So yeah, you'll see monkeys at the beginning and the end of the trek. You'll see, and then after after that, just birds pretty much is all you'll see. Yeah, you've got the monkeys, haven't you? You've got the. Uh, I mean, someone men- mentioned mice then running under tent, and yeah, people bailed. Wow. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, little buggers, eh? But um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Ants you sometimes get. Yeah, there's not, that's quite barren as you as you go up there. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's. Yeah, the mozzies are probably the number one, I'd say, just to um, just to keep off you. But yeah, anti, anti-malarials, um, 100% for when you're in Tanzania. Um, definitely speak to Nomad Health Clinics if, you, if you're going to Kili. Um, we always, obviously, we always recommend them. But yeah, if you're, using, uh, if you're going to Tanzania, anti-malarials, 100%. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, Doug Smith, uh, as going Spud, said one of the hey. stung, stung by an ant, um, saw plenty of monkeys and uh, heard a jackal in one of the camps at night. That wasn't a jackal, mate. That was Tam snoring. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I should say that we yeah. went to uh, Kilimanjaro together in February. But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, let's have a little look-see. Just going questions. through. Um, I, saw, I saw John's question, and, and it's off topic, but I'll, I'll answer it. Yep. Um, he's asking, uh, he wanted to ask me directly, uh, not trekking-related, he has a friend who's starting his first business. Uh, a little apprehensive because of the leap into the unknown from previously working in a stable environment. What advice would you give him? Um, or reassure him it is the right thing to do? Yeah, I think um, yeah, any, anyone that's, that's venturing off from you know a secure job and going out there and uh, and and wanting to um, you know go on their own and do the business, yeah, it can be it can be scary and, and it is you know um, you know going back going back a number of years now. But I think, yeah, if you've got the determination and the motivation to to want to uh, succeed, then you can, um, 100%. And, you know, I, I know it's scary and, uh, you know, just make sure that you're accountable to yourself because a lot of people kind of say, hey, you know, I'm I'm my own boss now, um, which is great. But then um, no one sort of holds your feet to the fire to get things done. So being your own boss can sometimes not be the, the best because you think you get away with having relaxing time and this time and but nothing ever gets done. And if you want to really move your business forward, then you need to make sure that you put the, you put the work in. Um, that's for sure. Um, and I, I suppose if I was going to say anything motivational, I'd, like anything, and, and obviously we go back to about all about the journey, is that you only get one life. Um, so yeah, if that's what you want to do, and you know you you want to uh, you want to give it a go, and you want to go for it, and and, and improve your life, and, and grow as a person, um, accept the challenges, then you got one life. Make the choice, do it um you know you've only got one so make the most of it yep uh that goes to everyone um uh, so yeah john's awesome. pass that on <laughs> awesome that uh, yeah that's uh i i couldn't agree more um diane uh as asked do you do you both take anti-malarials for killy then did we both take them um yes have to it's uh yeah. it's is uh, i mean i suppose can't force anyone to but i would say it's it's a huge massive unnecessary risk to go to tanzania and not take um anti-malarials i mean two famous people um was it cheryl um cheryl cole and ross kemp i think both had malaria from going to tanzania so the region of which you'll be going to there is malaria it is a little bit of a it is the dangerous kind you know it can be very deadly um, yeah. So yeah, just hundred percent take malarials as prescribed for the yeah. right length of time. Don't cheat on them. Don't short. Don't miss any, um, because yeah, it's nothing, nothing to mess around with. 
Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, it's only a tablet a day, isn't it? You know, it's not it's not too bad. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, Heather Newman asked, do we do divorces? Uh, yeah, we can do. Yeah, uh, not certainly. legally, but we can certainly. do the divorce party. We could, uh, yeah, we we could certainly perhaps cause one or two. <laughs> you know, if um if you keep booking on trips without telling your partner, maybe. That, <laughs> yeah exactly brilliant brilliant yeah heather um 100 mate and and to recover from it um certainly uh anytime <laughs> but yeah yeah brilliant um loving that right just we uh let's have a look uh just going through some of the questions dave can you see any more questions i mean guys obviously as we're, as, uh, we're yeah. going, uh, as we're going through um here any questions by the way do fire them um into the comments just so we can we can answer coming through now we've got a couple left but um just before we we kind of finish um yeah any questions around anything specifically um yeah drop it drop it around even if it's julie even if it's around disneyland yeah um go into your favorite place instead hey i i i am um, i've never been to disneyland uh but it's always been on my bucket list um you know because life's all about balance and i can do the hard trekking i can do the hard walking i can do the climbing and then if I want a bit of a relax, I can go to Disneyland. Always wanted to go. I'm hoping the next couple of years to go. Yeah. Um, that's um, on my bucket list. Oh, I did it. I've been to both. And um <sighs> All right, sure. Uh, I say both. <laughs> more. Fl- two, week, two weeks in Florida. I mean, yeah, at the beginning, I was slagging off normal holidays and stuff like that. But um, God, I love Disneyland, mate. It was one of the best holidays ever. In fact, I went with John. So me and John back in 2005 went there. It was, it was a great holiday. Um, but, you know. I don't talk about it now unless it's brought up. Yeah. I talk about EBC all the time. Um, yeah. So having a look. Oh, so just to touch on malaria as well, just I suppose, well, there's some topic in there. Yeah. So Dave yes. Rimington there's talked about avoid larium. I'm not sure about larium. They give it to, I, I want to say they, this isn't advice. This is me thinking out loud. I think they give it to pregnant women because I think it's safer than the other kinds. But it, some people have got PTSD. Some people have dived out windows. Yeah. It, it, it makes you go crazy um but yeah i took i've taken both doxycycline doxycycline and malarone malarone. i found malarone to be so much easier the first time i took doxy i did because um i like the idea of taking something because it's um an antibiotic that if i had anything else like uh, i picked up any other type of like you know bacterial infection i'm already taking antibiotics so it seemed to be a double whammy however you've got to take it for like a week before you go for the whole time you're in tanzania and then for a month afterwards so and if you don't take it obviously it's a risk so taking antibiotics for a whole month after you come back is a bit too much malarone super easy one pill a day so it's i think it's for about two or three days before you go the yeah. whole time you're there and then a week after you come back <clears throat> and um literally the only side effect i got from that and it wasn't a negative one was if you i used to take my pill in the morning and if i forgot which i did once and took it in the night before i went to bed which is when i next remembered um you get like the craziest dreams ever not not bad dreams it's just really realistic so you wake up and don't you and it's like you've been in like you know lord of the rings or something all night um but yeah other than that malarone was yeah super easy yeah malarone's great it's um you know i had similar sort of crazy lord of the rings dreams like some epic movie that happens during the night which was quite cool actually on a trip so you know whilst you're sleeping um and all that but yeah so i i think um over the last sort of six, seven months, we mentioned it a couple of times. And I think some people said, why? Because of the, um, uh, obviously, people who are more scientific and, and qualified to talk about it. But yeah, uh, for me, they give us crazy dreams, but I take them again. 100%. Yeah. Good old Malaro. Um, <laughs> 
Joel, uh, Joel Palmer's asked about um, what jabs do we need for EBC? Yeah, we've, um, I know we've covered it a few times, yeah, about 100 times, Joel. Thought you'd write it down by now. <laughs> but yeah, with, um, with jabs for EBC, so the main ones that you need, um, you know, you've got the, 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 the diphtheria, typhoid, you know, tetanus, those, those ones you have every 10 years, you have boosters. Um, you know, they're the kind of basic requirement, I would say. Uh, then you've got kind of the optional ones. So rabies is, is one that's been mentioned on, on the comments today. Um, you know, that's that's one that, yeah, we, we certainly, some people want to have that. Some people don't. You know, it's an optional one. Um, I know, Dave, you've had yours. Every uh, you day. I'm a, I'm, a, my one. I'm a pin cushion. <laughs> you've had a few, haven't you? Um, there's obviously the hepatitis as well, um, which is especially more valuable to people who are traveling a lot um you know in terms of the blood disease and things like that so yeah definitely check it out i would highly recommend um i think it's called fit for uh, fitfortravel.nhs is a is a really good website to look at for the particular country so if you go to google and type in sort of vaccinations for nepal it'll come up and it'll have the full list there um yeah look at that mate or jump on to uh, nomad and book yourself consultation and they'll be up. They'll be able to um, sort of suggest, and you can get your uh, if you if you need anti-malarials for anything or anything else, diarrhea kits, um, you know, Brad Pitt kit, Brad Pitt kit as we call it. Um, yeah, it's it's certainly certainly getting involved with them guys. So I hope that helps there. Yeah, um, Joel. Um, any any side effects, Joel, from all of those? Yeah, you will have a sore arm. <laughs> but, but yeah um i don't think there's any uh any side effects from the main Not ones i've ones, had, no. I've had everything really. like all the hepatitis is you know right the way through the alphabet with those um you know meningitis all of the normal ones yeah anything anything i have um covid and then um uh it says have a quick another question here so marky v okay must have a kit question in their best waterproof jacket <laughs> brilliant um let's get back to it marky uh to be honest it's, it's an awkward one, the waterproof jackets, because you can spend 500 quid on like, um, you know, mountain equipment. Um, is it the mountain equipment? Lotsi, you know, you, you've got loads yeah, of stuff a, like that. Yeah. Personally, I, at the moment, I'm using the Rab Firewall, um, yeah. which is probably a good mid-range jacket. You know, um, yeah, I have to reproof it every now and again, but it's a good mid-range one. I think anything sort of Gore-Tex Pro is going to be pretty good. Um, I have heard really good stuff. I say I, I own a Paramo jacket, but it's a windstopper, not a waterproof. I've heard really good stuff about the Paramo. What I really like about the idea of Paramo is that it's not a hard shell. It's a soft shell. So yeah. when you've got the hood up and stuff, it doesn't feel like you're, you know, being like, you know, it's like deafening sometimes and all the crackling and zips. So it's a very quiet uh, jacket. Um, so I think, yeah, have a look at Paramo. Also, our um, the mountain guide we talked about earlier, Steve, that does our trips in North Wales, swears by Paramo. He loves um, it, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. And he says that his favourite environment is cold, wet, and windy. So, um, yeah, I would take his word any day. So, yeah, check Paramo <laughs> out. I'm on a bit of a Paramo up at the minute. I might change, but try Paramo. Try it um, out, yeah. I think um, I'm with Dave. Like, obviously, the, the mountain equipment, I'd say, is, is number one, really, I would say, historically. Um, Rab Firewall, mid-range. You've got um, the Burghaus Extreme range. Uh, I've got an Extreme 8000. I don't think they make it anymore. Um, I'm not sure it was. It had a lot high price range, a lot of features, but and Gore-Tex Pro, but for some reason didn't go down that well um, with people. I mean, I've got it, and it's typical actually. But I wonder why. I, I do wear my my firewall just because it's because um, I got Extreme 8000 and I've got a firewall. I always wear the firewall, and yeah. that's even in 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 
proper rain. <laughs> um, whereas the other one is a bit bomb-proof, but it's noisy, you know? It's quite, you feel like you're wearing, it's a weird jacket. But the Lotse is amazing, you know? I've seen so many people wear that over the last sort of 10, 15 years. Um, yeah. You know, so well, since they started making it anyway, different variants of it. Um, but yeah, the Paramo one, I, I've never really, obviously I understand the technology, but I've always improved, uh, sorry, uh, uh, preferred the other type of jackets, Gore-Tex, Gore-Tex Pro to Paramo material. But Dave, I know you're, you're obviously still undecided yet. It's kind of like the difference between an Apple phone and a Huawei or something, is it? And yeah, exactly. The, the pros and cons. I think I'm going to buy one, but... Mm. I can't really go hiking at the moment, so it seems like a waste of money. So I'm going to wait until the knees get and I'll get Paramo. Waterproof jackets are one of those where, to be honest, it's a little bit like trial and error trying to find out what works because as many people that love one jacket, there's another like tribe over here that like another type and slag it off. So I think the most important thing really is get a good jacket. You know, don't it's one of those things I won't buy cheap yeah. um, because I've bought cheap before and it just doesn't work. So I buy an expensive yeah relatively expensive waterproof jacket and then it's about the care you take of it which is probably more important you know yeah. you can buy a 500 pound um you know gore-tex jacket and if you don't look after it it'll be as you know you may as well just put a colander on your head and try and stay dry it's not going to work you know so it's about reproofing it if it gets completely soaked on a walk you want to go home and you want to reproof it you know so pretty much every time it gets drenched through i reproof my jackets and then um I say that that's a bit of a lie. I aim to, <laughs> you know, not every time do I actually do it, but the better you look after them and the more reproofing you do and, and stuff like that, the longer they'll last and the more waterproof they'd be. The test yeah. is at the end of a walk, if water is still beading on the jacket, yeah. um, then it's going to be waterproof when it comes and it's like, it's a completely different color because it's soaked through. You need to reproof it. You want the bead in effect, really. It's mad though. I've, I've seen that like, so like dozens of times. And sometimes when it just, rains and rains and rains like i've been on a walk and it's like eight hours and it's raining the whole time yeah it doesn't matter what you're wearing really no. you're gonna get wet you know yeah they're not they're not fully you know they'll let moisture through i mean there's really good ratings i think shona's put a really good link there uh, thanks for sharing that shona um from snow and rock um yeah where you get waterproof ratings of breathability because yeah the, the the more waterproof it is it's not as breathable. So that's where Gore-Tex, Gore-Tex Pro has that bit of balance. That's why I quite like it um, for me, because if I sweat and everything and, you know, it kind of uh, wicks that away from your body as well as keeping the moisture from coming in. But it's about finding that balance. And like if you wear like a Mac, you know, one of those, you're wearing a Mac and it's, it feels amazing because keeping the, the water off. But you do any hiking in that, you're sweating. You don't feel good at all. That's my, that's um, my problem. You know, it's, yeah, and it's not healthy. And that's where chafing, you know, you get like really bad sores under your arms, uh, especially after hours and hours. And, um, you know, find the balance. And obviously there's, you know, if, if there's any jackets, guys, that you've tried and you feel like you want to share it with the team, uh, want to share it with the community, let us know because obviously we're pushing out and say, oh, look, you know, this has been tested. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd love to test all the jackets. But, yeah, we, we've got a few. Maybe we need to speak to some of the outdoor brands and say, hey, you know, we want to test some of these products. Maybe that's an idea, Dave, and more. So yeah, exactly, yeah. Test, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I'm getting sick of mentioning the Mendels and I haven't had a free <laughs> beer in the post yet. Um, but yeah, it, it is that exactly. One of the little tips I do as well, if it is raining, I will pack a, um, yeah. a spare base layer in my in my, in my my bag. Yeah. Um, and quite often, although it does mean kind of like stripping off really quickly, you know, I don't do it if it's I'm going to get hypothermia. But most of the time, if I'm just wet, 
sometimes like halfway through the day um like taking it off and putting on a dry one on just feels great it just uplifts your yeah. spirits it's like having a snack you know it does the same thing yeah. um someone's asked here tracy swift said what do you find the best product is for reproofing i use the nick wax stuff yeah me too so um you'll get a, a dual pack i bought it on amazon i think yeah. one of them is um like an instant one which you just kind of like apply to the jacket and another one you kind of wash your jacket with it yeah. um but yeah those are those are really good when it comes to boots and proofing boots i tend to go with the manufacturer's own stuff uh yeah, that too, can yeah. be nick wax or with the mandels i've bought the mandel stuff um, so I've got a spray and a dubbin type wax that I put on the mandles. Um, yeah, and you'll notice the difference because I remember and remember I hadn't treated mine and they were like this dusty light brain. I do remember and, it was like different different boots, right? Yeah, and Andy puts his next to my boots and his were like this deep rich brain. The deep rich brain is a sign of a healthy boot. My dried out old ones were uh, they were in desperate need of it, but yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, worth doing a bit of research as well, a bit of Googling. There's, um, you know, especially with Nick Wax, there's because there's a wash so you can wash your jacket, you know, just every now and again. And then they've got a spray. And the spray is great because you've got to let it soak into the jacket and let it sort of dry. And then that's what gives it that kind of that nice little beading. So you notice if you ever drop water on it, it kind of beads off, flows off. And uh, you know then that, OK, cool. Yeah, this is working now. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to test that in the house just before you go out on a decent rain do that um i'm a bit old school sometimes i treat it leave it i forget about it and then i realize that i'm out and i'm like oh it's not beading but you, you kind of deal with it um yeah you know and sometimes you, you're gonna get wet you're gonna get wet um and that's you know it's all about the journey isn't it if you get wet or dry it's still a journey yeah exactly um, and, Dave, um what any more questions before we finish up i one last one because okay. we've been going about an hour, which is Stephen Hall's thinking of holding out um, till around spring next year before buying any kit for his October 2022 EBC mm. track. Uh, hopefully that'll be a good time. To be honest, uh, not a bad time. Whatever time of year you're kind of buying, if you're buying in spring, you'll get older winter stuff for cheaper. If you're buying in winter, you'll get like, you know, warm weather stuff for cheaper. Yeah. So I kind of weirdly I try and buy like if I'm buying a winter jacket, I might try and buy it in the summer and get like the, the year before stuff like that. Um but don't forget that um you do get uh 15% off of Cotswold Outdoors as well. So if you uh yeah. um are planning on getting some stuff it's always worth a check with those guys and and stuff like that. They're pretty good as well for boots if you want to go in there and have like a lacing up demonstration or a fitting or something like that then um yeah those guys are those guys are pretty good yeah no they are they're great um especially now as things open up a bit in the uk you can actually go on and try some some boots and things like that which is quite nice isn't it yeah um wow this is, this is weird trying on boots yeah you gotta you know so different now um yeah so i think we're, we're gonna try and do uh, if we can i know we've been talking a while gonna get in touch with cotswold and see if we can um do a bit of a show and tell in one of their stores. Maybe we'll do one of the Tuesday tune-in. We've been working on, now it's open, um, you know, we might be able to get permission to do that. So, yeah, we'll let you yeah. guys know if we're, we could do one of those and talk about specific jackets and things. That would be great, I think, really valuable yeah. um, to see. But, Dave, yeah, it been great. Um, any final thoughts before we finish? Uh, no, that's it. Yeah, just, in, uh, you know, whatever journey you're on, make sure that you uh, enjoy it and experience yeah. it, you know, because you don't know what you're missing until you stop, turn around and take a look um and that that'll be the memory that you take back with you so yeah that's about it for me you should write that down put it on a wall mate that's great 
<laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, I got cool. another thing to go on the wall as well, and you got me a little gift, didn't you? Oh, so, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yep, so, so I'll go here. So, there we go. So, this is a little uh, birthday gift that Andy got me that I thought I'd have to share, which is me and Andy as Simpsons characters. <laughs> so, yeah, taken from an actual photo on one of our trips and, um, yeah, transported into uh, Simpsons characters. So, um, yeah, that's going up on the wall. And if you see the little space next to uh, Kumbu the Koala, it's going, going on there. Of, it's going sort of there. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Love it. Nice day. Well, mate, you know, it's uh, – I know you like your, your quirky art and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, a bit of Simpsons yeah, exactly. mate. You know, what, what could go wrong, like? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. All right. Well, look, um, great to see you all, guys. Great to see all the all the usuals on and some new people as well. Um, obviously, anything else, uh, drop us a message. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next week. Awesome. Take care. Adios. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mountain Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, try to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. I'm going to go to the hospital.